the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Spot Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. And we're brought to you by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, empowering professional athletes and entertainers with the knowledge they need to make the best informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more. Visit morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Member SIPC, we are fresh off the holiday, but Paul, you you and I are not fresh off a half marathon. We are not, no. Um, And we nor, nor will you likely ever say that I am fresh off a half marathon, but... Someone in this group is. I don't think I'm fresh off anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm recovering from a half marathon. Well, if you had to pick uh, out of Paul and me, the next one to run the half marathon, it's Paul, just by physique. <laughs> you think so? Well, you no. know what? I, actually, this would be a good bet, yeah. actually. I, you know, I, like I may it. not look like I'm in cardio shape, but I am. So You got to get angry about mile eight, though. You know Do what you? I mean? Yeah, you, gotta, you just got to fo- tunnel vision. Okay. Because it hurts. <laughs> oh, I bet it does. Yeah, I bet that, it does. Was that the first one you've done? No, this is my seventh. Oh, okay. So, so, so what are we talking about? It's not that big a deal. They're, they're not getting easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's not going to be easy? I, I don't think the NBA Finals are going to be easy between yeah. the Warriors and Raptors. Are we sure about that? Because I feel like a lot of times we go into this thinking, oh, it's going to be a great series, and then the Warriors just win in four games or five. Well, but here's the thing. Kawhi Leonard... Yeah, has been unbelievable. I feel a lot better about Toronto than I would have Milwaukee. Yes, does that seem I agree. ridiculous? Yes, no, and it's not ridiculous. It's because of defense. Correct. It's because Kawhi can shut down these guards, and I'm not sure anyone in Milwaukee could, the, the Milwaukee guards just fall off the face of the earth. Well, look at this way: that Milwaukee didn't have anybody that could guard Kawhi, right? Right, and Kawhi can guard Seth Curry, right, or Clay Thompson. And Toronto did a nice job in. They, in in defending as a group or with Kawhi or whomever was doing it of of Giannis. Well, let's give some credit there. That was a game plan that I'm not sure a lot of teams could figure out and execute. And they executed. They had players who could trap him, who could literally took him out of a game at the end of what game five. Yeah, literally took him out of a game. That's yeah. uh, that's standing ovation worthy. That's good stuff. But now you know it's going to be tougher. Now, is it easier if Kevin Durant is here for Toronto? <sighs> for Toronto. If Kevin That's Durant's a in the game, it's a, cra- it's a crazy because good it's question. So, it's so guard heavy now, right? And Kawhi can't stop them all, obviously. Well, let's get well, there. What, let's all right, Kevin, let's think get about to Kevin Durant. Well, let's let, me get under, to Kevin Durant. let me understand the question again. You're saying if Kevin Durant Are was they an in your the... team to guard when Kevin Durant is in, because there's more of a balance of of, of power, right? Whereas whereas now, you know, you have to shut down the guards. And in doing so, you're trapping high all the time mm-hmm. and leaving that inside open. That's when your Kevin Looney's and those, right. you know, those no-namers for Golden State have 20 points, 10 boards, and win games. I think if Kevin Durant's there, Kawhi's guarding him. Ooh. I do. Do you? Yeah. He was, he was mm. able to guard Giannis. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, because you got to figure Curry's going to get his points. He's going to. Right? Curry's well, getting his points. 15, 20% more now. Yes. <laughs> and if you could take Durant out, right? Yeah. But he's, I mean, he's tough to defend. He, he shoot over everybody. Impossible. But I also feel when Durant's in the game, there's a lot of um, uh, ISOs. There's more. I, I feel there's more ISOs with Durant than there is when he's out of the lineup. It's a very unselfish team, and it's to their detriment sometimes. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Steph Curry will shoot all the time, but he'll pass too, right? I mean, I mean, they move the ball. Klay Thompson, he sits there and waits for the ball to come to him, and when he does, he's deadly. 
right now, those two have more of a job to do. And that's better basketball for that team right now, to your point. Yeah. It's not ISO basketball. No. Which is ISO basketball, so. It's not yeah. fun to watch. It, it's only great it really when isn't. It's, boring. it's only great when it's incredible. Right? It's only well, great it's only when Harden great. has 50 in the first half. Well, right? it's only great when a great offensive player. See, now, this is where if Leonard on Durant, mm-hmm. and if they're going mm-hmm. back and forth, mm-hmm. like I think of that playoff game many moons ago. You youngsters look this one up. Larry Bird against uh, Dominique Wilkins. Remember yeah. the Celtics? They both yeah. had like 50 or high 40s. It was awesome. Yeah. Right. Awesome game. Yeah, well, well, which also always makes you think of the old adage about do you always want your best offensive player yeah. guarding the bet team's best defensive player because it takes more energy it's, to be a really good defensive player. So do you want... What do you want to focus Kawhi on offense and not give him a ridiculous I, amount of defensive response? I don't think you need to ask that question this year. He's just he he's seems just to be willing it. to do it. He's yep. doing it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not next year, but right now he's in that zone. Well, you know the, the other thing that is fascinating about, and we're going to get into this, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got a series where marquee players um, are due for some cash. You've got arguably the top two pending free agents. In the offseason, playing in the finals. That's that's something. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, Which is maybe un- not playing. Well, <laughs> well yeah, yeah, one but, one is, yeah, yeah, may not play at all. And at this point, you're like, and, and by the way, Golden State fans, you should not fear Kevin Durant leaving now. I, right? You, I mean, look what they've done without him. I don't know. We, we, we'll talk about it. Let's talk the money. I'm not sure you can write the answer <laughs> to that question. Let's talk the money yet. first. It seems so silly. It's so it's so silly to have this conversation. Everybody's having this conversation. We'll we get love to it. silly conversations. We'll get to it. Let's talk some quick money. Um, not too much of a variance. You would think that Golden State and, the, and those big you know Steph Curry contracts and whatnot would have them way ahead. They're not too much farther ahead. I mean, Kyle Lowry's overpaid. You know, yeah. Kawhi's on a on a sophomore contract, so he's paid pretty well. It's about a $12 million difference in terms of these two payrolls with Golden State on top. The starting five is a little bit of a different story. Yeah. And and that doesn't include – this $91 million for the starting five of Golden State does not include Durant, does not include DeMarcus Cousins. So, <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it could be way, way worse. So $91 for the starting five essentially for game one, whereas Toronto starting five, 72 and a half. So that's where it's sort of – you know, in, in essence, the payroll for Toronto is reliant on a – on a bench, on a deeper bench. Serge Ibaka comes off the bench at like $21 million, things like that, um, which is not a terrible way to build a team if you're not built like Golden State, which nobody is, you know? Um, so, you know, the money is there. It, it, the, the the payrolls for next year look very, very similar. It's about $2.5 million difference is all because many of their big players are off the board sure. right now. I'm not including Kevin Durant. I'm not including Clay Thompson. Not including Kawhi Leonard, obviously, and not including Marcus All. Those are the four big names here, sort of in limbo. We think. I mean, can we just assume Clay Thompson's probably staying home? I would think so. Yeah. Right. It doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. He seems like a pretty laid back guy. Does it depend on Durant's life. situation? I, I think from from a from a reverse angle, we'll have that discussion in a little bit here. Okay. I want to talk about that, but let's talk about Clay because it's a pretty good transition into what what sort of un, unfolded last week. This this supermax situation, you can take a. It, it's starting to get into franchise tag, comp, you know, company here is where we are. Where do we need it? Is it built the right way? Is it doing the right thing? Here's the breakdown of how this works. In order to qualify for a supermax, you have to be less than nine years of experience. If you're nine plus years of experience, you're already qualified for thirty five percent of the salary cap, which is how this works. All of these different tiered levels of max contracts are based on how long you've been playing the game. And it's a percentage of the league salary cap. So that's why it's 
every time we throw like projected numbers out for 2021, 22 salaries, it's only projections because we need to know the actual league salary cap to be able to pull back the, the official numbers. So it's 25%, 30%, 35%. Those are the max contract levels. And, and, and that's with, and, and that's with, if you stay with your team, um, no, it can be for either. The okay. difference between stay, staying with your team is five years to stay, four years to go. Gotcha. So they tack on an extra year if you if you stay with your team. But the super max is only if you're you're with your team. Gotcha. So that's why Kawhi does not qualify, even though he's been defensive player of the year and all NBA, all the qualifications. Because he was traded, he no longer qualifies for for the super max eligibility. Um, and this would be his eighth year of eligibility. So he would have been had if he was in San Antonio right now, he'd be eligible for the super max contract. Clay Thompson was was going to be eligible. Here's the criteria, real quick. In order to qualify for this this max contract, you've got to be an All NBA player two of the last three years. You've got to be an NBA NBA MVP in any of the last three years, or you've got to be NBA Defensive Player of the Year in two of the last three seasons. So it's wow. Oh, it, it, it seems impossible. Uh, right. But there's plenty of guys. I mean, the, the All NBA team is three separate teams, right? So 15 players. Right. And First, been, second, or third team. And it's positional based, which can get a little cloudy. Correct. Because right? what is LeBron, right? Yeah. What is, Kev- what <laughs> what is, is Kevin, Kevin Durant? Durant right? Positions right. have never been more right. e- less easily defined than they ever have been before. There's I mean, no question. So that's to me that's that's problem number one with this whole process is they they slot these 15 players in whatever positions they think. Which we've had this conversation with the franchise tag. Am I an outside linebacker sure. or a defensive end? Right. right. I mean, it's there's a lot of similarities as we sort of go unfold these things, but. So those, that's the criteria, right? The, the main way that guys have qualified for these Supermax deals is they're, you know, all NBA players, first, second, third team for a couple of years in a row. We all assumed Clay Thompson was going to qualify this year. He had a great year, sort of an underrated great year, you know, especially with the injuries to Curry and to Durant sort of in different phases. He sort of held this team up for a little bit so, here. Uh, can I? Can, yeah, jump in. Yeah. So is it you have, is it any of these or is it two of the three? Any of them. Any of them. So if you're all NBA in two of the last three years, you qualify. Kemba Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're the NBA MVP, which if you are, you're going to be on the all team. Anyways, yeah. same thing with defensive player of the year, most likely, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's any of those three criterion. Yeah. Right. Okay. He, to yeah. me, the defensive player of the year one is the most interesting because I think that's as much as we could argue most valuable player, the defensive one is a little arbitrary sometimes, right? Because sure. they don't I mean, play defense. Well, that's part of it, Kevin. Yes, you're right. But, you know, what What? What kind of defense? If you're a great rebounder, does that make you a great defensive player? If you're right. a, if you can shut down the other team's star player, that's clearly a good, you know, um, I, that to me, I, I, if you ask me how do you define that, I'd, <laughs> I'd mumble my way through an answer for you right now. And, and and I don't know that the people that vote on it have a clear, unless there's a clear de- description of it, how, how do you always define that? So, yeah, no, all, yeah, it's all. It's all objective. Objective that's the for point. sure. Objective. That's the point right. here. So, yeah, that's part of the point. So, Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, explain what happened to him this year. Yeah, so, like I said, we sort of all assumed this was going to be his two out of three all-NBA teams as he, as he's ready for a new contract, by the way, expiring contract. Uh, didn't make any of the three squads. Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, a bunch of guards jumped above him. He was left off. Uh he loses $30 million oh, in potential money. Wow. His five-year deal is now 191 instead of 221 Who votes for the All-NBA team? That's the problem. That's a big All right. problem. All right. It's guys that could be like you and me, you know, who oh. watch these games on TV. Um, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a variety of people, 
but it's I can't say it's the wrong group of people, but when you're dictating these kind of dollars, this process is flawed. There's no question. No matter who's voting, right? Even if it was the players voting, that's they, flawed. They would have bias. Sure. Yeah, of coaches. Should it be? Should it be Maybe. personnel? GM guy. You know. I, 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 you know the yeah, problem. I, it's it's media guys. It's a lot of beat writers. Yeah. I would assume. Right. The problem always is Kevin, and you know this. Beef. When you're covering a team, it's you don't always see mm-hmm. everybody else. You might see the Warriors the two or three times you your team plays them, or when you have the occasion to watch a game on television. So sometimes when you're a beat writer for an individual team, you're the worst person so, to decide the rest of the league. I, I used to have a vote for the Jack Adams Trophy um, for yep. Coach of the Year in the NHL. And, you know, I didn't just, okay, who do I think? Uh, you know, I, I I talked to people. That's right. You know, and I said, hey, these are the two two people I'm considering. You had to write three names in. I go, you know, I'm going to write this name in because uh, they're a great team. But here are two other guys I'm considering. And I would talk to other people. I talked to other broadcasters. I talked to a couple scouts. I'm like, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking because of X, Y. Am I right? Am I thinking on this right way? And I remember one of the one of the the I won't say the name who I voted for, but one of the guys, someone, you know, another. Brother, Why are you voting for him? And I'm like, well, here are my reasons. Bing, boom, boom, boom. No one else is going to vote for him. I'm like, well, does that mean he's not worthy? <laughs> right, right. Like, I mean, I, can I make the case that this guy's worthy because of X, Y, and Z? And it was just a, it was a fun debate. So, but but so I was somebody like who may have affected a coach's bonus. Right, because right. I had a vote. Right, right, and whether that's fair or not, I don't know. That's just how it is. Right, um, right. So take that to you know an exponential level. <laughs> yeah, right? It wasn't thirty million. I'm sure. Right, of that. <laughs> and here's the problem. I mean, we can talk about it until we're blue in the face about you know should should these votes be tied to financial you know finances? F- fine, they are. We're, you know, we're not changing that right now. But you're talking about the process you went through to make your decision. Yes. You can't tell me that money is not a driving factor of these decisions. You can't tell me people weren't voting for Kemba Walker thinking, "Oh yeah, he, he he's been he's been a, you know, a great soldier in this league for 10 years on a bad Charlotte franchise. It's time for him to go get paid." The, there's no question. There are there were certain votes directed at him getting getting the Supermax contract. Well, and, no question. And, and that's the wrong way to vote. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> Do we are we naive to think that people weren't lobbying for Kemba Walker to people who had votes? There's always a there's, bias. There's definitely lobbying, but I thought you were going to take the other angle. What about the vice versa? Don't you think there were people saying, no, 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 we can't let Clay, Clay Thompson be doing that on that team, right? He's already he's already won five championships or whatever it's going to be. You have to think that in, in the back of their mind, people are thinking, we've got to keep him from maxing out uh, some hey, the, sort of an, an, an angry vote. An the angry bigger question is there's always a bias involved in these, one way or the other. Where it, it's human nature. There's always you, I don't like that guy. He stiffed me. He was rude to me in an interview. That sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's a there, like you said, it's I'm I'm tired of those guys winning everything. That's I'm not going to vote. That's I mean, let's going. be honest. That's where any of these votes, yes. when you start tying them to contracts and player status, is a slippery slope because you have to you got you got to tell me who are the v- people doing the voting and do they all have the right intentions well and there's also the i you want to call it bias whatever but there uh, clay thompson wow he wouldn't be anything without curry and durant that's right right that's right so you know th- there's that factor in there like he's the he's the third wheel if you <laughs> if you will yes. if you had to rank warriors in order so um you know i i i, I can see how he got left off but that's astonishing that it's going to cost 
thirty million bucks on a max contract for Clay Clay Thompson. Does that make it more likely though that he's a warrior next year? Well, here's because it's not going to be as much money. It's possible. It's the same. It's going to be the same couple of salaries essentially. Well, it's the same first salary. No, it won't. I lied. It's a couple million less. So, yeah, he's definitely going to be here. Does it change the Does it change the course of anyone else in that team though? Meaning Kevin Durant? Meaning they can pay him more now? Is what you're saying? No, I mean, they, well, maybe, maybe they weren't able to max Kevin Durant out if they had to super max Clay Thompson and already have a, a max deal on on Steph Curry and essentially a upper upper level deal on Draymond Green that's about to expire in two years. It, it certainly makes the finances a little bit easier, not a ton easier, but a little bit easier because they are paying a tax. Correct, the oh, Warriors? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're paying a ton of money in a luxury oh tax. There's no... I, I can't even imagine. I would love to be a fly on the wall of their financial situation. They're building a new stadium. They're going to be in a new arena next year. Right in downtown San Francisco. Right. Just nuts. It has to be nuts money, right, what they're doing in that city. They're going... Their their process is what? I, I mean, are they 11 months playing basketball? I mean, does it ever shut down that, that system? There's no vacations, right? They're bleeding money in the organization constantly, not to mention these payrolls. So I'm not even sure it's feasible. It's ever been feasible to, to give Kevin Durant a max contract in Golden State. I think back to your original point, if the Warriors win this championship without Kevin Durant, I think that brings up the hard discussion about, do we need him? That's a crazy thing to say, but right. do we need him? Do, do the Warriors have to sit and say, we, we just showed we can win with other pieces in other ways, are we willing to go to the extremes that, that Mike is talking about with luxury tax and all, and, and maybe losing other players that you want to? Yeah. Or do you say, you know what, Kevin, you were great. Thank you. You did a wonderful job here. Go grab your headlines and your riches somewhere else. We'll be fine. Well, I, I think I'll, I'll look at the New England Patriots uh, for this example. Great example. Yeah. Right? I mean, they have done a great job of moving on from players. Yeah, and the first one that really... Um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Richard Seymour was like the first big player that they right. said, "All right, we're going to." And that move. was a shocker because he yes. was playing great, and it was that nobody saw that coming. Now we've sort of taught ourselves to look two years down the road to see which Patriots are going to be free agents and start to think about preparing for them to do that. But you're right, Richard Sherman, or Richard Seymour rather, was the first one. You're like, whoa, nobody does that. Well, nobody gets rid of their ten years ago, really right, right good players. Yeah. yeah, right, right before the yeah. season. To the they Raiders. got a first round pick for him, yeah. first and second, I Oakland, think. But but I think the point was uh, they know they they knew, and in today's analytical world, yeah. like there's a chart. Gosh, there was a chart 15, 12 years ago in hockey. Like, okay, here's where a player starts his decline on average, right? Even the elite players. So Durant and heck, maybe this injury is part of it, but th they know there's going to be a decline in, in Kevin Durant's play. And so maybe it's not next year, maybe it's not two years, but maybe it's four years down the road. But if you got him on a max contract and that it might be tough to move because you're paying him so much money and he's not producing as much, mm -hmm. um, then, then you say, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to let him go because I, I know I have players who are still going to perform. I, Clay Thompson, I may get more out of him under a max deal a cheaper max deal and, <laughs> right? and let's not lose, than I will for Durant. Let's not lose sight of the fact that you've built up enough goodwill with your fan base yeah. in order to do things like that, which is back to the Patriots discussion a little bit, which is for another time and place. But I think Warriors fans would understand 
if they made that decision to let him walk away. You still got the other guys there. You've won with him. You've won without him. Um, ticket sales are not going to plummet. <laughs> right. I mean, is Clay Thompson more of uh, Seth Curry's Scotty Pippen than Kevin Durant is? Right. Because right? I want to say yes. Well, I just think of the Bulls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan and Pippen, and then you. I mean, yeah, Grant was there for, but you filled in some, some the holes all around him. Tom, yeah. Tom well, is the, definitely the Pippen. Kerr, the coach, he's the, the coach of the Warriors. Well, that's why one of those guys. Listen, this is why I bring it up. Yeah, he knows what he's doing here. Yeah, Thompson is abs- He's a better Scotty Pippen, a way better Scotty Pippen, right? I mean, don't tell that to Scotty Pippen. I think is. Pippen even said something along those lines, didn't he? Yeah, he is probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. Yeah. Defensively, maybe Pippen. I would Pippen, Pippen was, was better defensively. No, Thompson's not better. A, not better. Oh, I take Pippen defensively. Pippen, oh, I think was yeah. better. Pippen, Pippen, Pippen. Come on. Pippen was great. Pippen was a great defender. He, great defender. Uh, he, and he could defend. I think most all positions. I think Clay Thompson's up there. Mm. Clay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard are, are not too far apart defensively right now. Kawhi's better. I take Kawhi. Me too. I probably take Kawhi. Over Pippen you know defensively. Not, not to get off topic here, you know what's crazy? Kawhi Leonard is definitely hurt, right? He's either happy, having some sort of massive cramping or there's something with his lower body hurt, and he's still defending the best player on the court right now. It's not, I mean, he's not driving to the basket. He's not running in transition. He's, he's clearly not healthy, but he's still a hell of a defender. Yeah. Right the, the money is still to be decided, but could this year have gone any better for oh Kawhi Leonard in, in everything that he probably wanted to accomplish to, How about to get away general? from the Toronto, get away from the San Antonio, it, it's Popovich's system, whatever, become a star, do it in a place where you normally wouldn't think guys would do it because it's Toronto, but he has. He's become the, the star of a country. That's When you play in Toronto and you play well, you're not just a big guy in Toronto. You're a big guy in an entire country. Let's let's not forget about two things on this topic. They fired their coach because he couldn't get him out of the first round again. They fired. This is a brand right. new coach. Yeah, yep. and they traded their best player. Yeah, this this, this past offseason, that's what they did this past summer. Yeah, and, but they didn't and just look where they are. They didn't just trade him for anybody. No, they but traded they did. for Kawhi Leonard. No, but they did. Right. They, I mean, that was the face of the franchise for a lot of years. Yes, Demar Derozan, and they shipped him out, and the city wept, and they were miserable because Kawhi, remember Kawhi was an they didn't think he would come. Kawhi was a mess. They didn't yes. think he would even come. They his didn't, his they... agents actually said they didn't think they didn't know if they were going to come. There was a time when they did not want to be in Canada when this trade happened. He, he, and they, Kawhi they were Leonard, figuring out how not to be he going. He may single-handedly have changed the perception of what playing in Toronto means to a well, lot of professional athletes. They only change it if he stays. True, in my opinion. And he's been offered a a free. Free use of a million, multi-million dollar, or million dollar condo, whatever in Toronto, right? Yeah, I heard that. Is that, <laughs> so is that how they? Uh, the, is that the tax lift? Well, <laughs> right. I, I don't think the teams offered him that. Well, it's like someone, you know, air quotes, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like Tom Brady. Yeah, you're only making fifteen million. Air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice. A couple of items here um, on, on these free agents, right? I mean. You have Clay Thompson, you have Durant, you have Kawhi Leonard. I mean, these are three huge names mm-hmm. um, among some other very good players Big, yeah. this offseason. But, you know, if Durant never wins again, I think this is an interesting uh, thing you have in the notes for the show here. If he never wins again, either it would be Golden State or elsewhere, what impact? Yeah, what is his legacy? Yeah, what's his legacy? Because, I mean, yeah. wasn't he back to back finals MVP? I believe is so. Is that correct? I believe so, yes. But what what happens if Golden State wins this year and he's sitting home? Is that how we remember him? A little bit. I don't think it's it's inevitable that that's how you're going to remember him a little bit. 
right? Yeah. I mean, I, listen, he, he's an excellent player. There's no question about it. He's a, he's a great player. But, I mean, he's, he's probably playing six, seven more years. He's, he's 30, going right. on 31. Sure. And if he doesn't win any of those years, if he goes to the Knicks and they, you know, they're the if Cavs. he goes to the Knicks, he's guaranteed not to win. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, if he doesn't win for the next six years, what are we looking back on Kevin Durant with? <sighs> Couldn't win without the guys who won without him. I think that's a little unfair. I, it has to be. It's unfair. He's a, he's great, a great player. player. He's a great player. All right, he, he, you let know. Me, let me ask you this question: So where does he? Where does? Uh, where does his legacy fit? All right, let's say he goes on and doesn't win. I'm going to compare, and this this is going to be unfair to a guy who seems awesome. And I was like crying on the jersey swap thing, right? Mm -hmm. The video they did. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Dwayne Wade, Mm -hmm. right? Dwayne Wade, Hall of Fame player, won a title with Shaq in Miami, and then won with LeBron. Yeah. All right. So you could say he hasn't he hadn't won without a better player, a greater player with him, and so you could say the same for Durant, right? I think you have to right now. Correct. Because he, he he's Scotty Pippen. He, he's Scotty Pippen. He, was he better than Russell Westbrook? Do we do we agree on that? Um boy, I you know what? They're different kind of players. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I, I don't think you could compare the two of I'm them. I'm just wondering if he's been the best guy in the room yet. I mean, that's the goal, right? That's the goal of free agency boy. this year is to go and be the best player on the team. Sure. And you can argue he hasn't. You can okay. argue you can argue um, that he's not. So, I, like, so well, Kevin, or, or is he smart enough to recognize that the goal for him isn't necessarily to be the best player in the room, but be in a position to be the best team and to win the championships? And if anybody has seen that, it's been Durant, then right? Don't leave. You, then you can't leave. Then you can't leave. You're forfeiting the chance at at least one more. Yeah, probably. But I also get that a lot of player that a lot of players win and then want to prove to themselves yeah. and to the world that they can do it on their own or maybe be that number one guy or that leader. And I and I wouldn't fault Kevin Durant for saying it's time for me to see if I can't be the be one of those guys now. Well I'm I'm trying to think of a comparison for Kevin Durant in <laughs> among the great players in the history of the NBA and be, because he's a scorer. Yeah. He scores. Seven foot Right, do everything. Score. Yeah, but that no, but that that's I don't want to say that's all. I mean, you need to score to win, but he's a scorer. Yeah, and it, maybe Nowitzki is uh, a nice comparison. Not bad. Uh, big guy who's a great shooter, scores a basketball. I never considered Dirk a great defender. I don't consider Durant a great defender. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So kind of one-dimensional, but that's a huge dimension, scoring. Yeah. Um, it sounds weird to say, right? But I'm just saying he's a scorer of the basketball. And, yeah, and, and he, and does I, it, he does it in a, you know, pull-up. I mean, he doesn't – he'll drive, but not a t- it's not his game. It's more of a pull-back, jump, shoots over everybody, and makes everything. And I think yeah. it's a little unfair, and I think your Nowitzki comparison is safe, but in, in this day and age of the NBA where these guys have won multiple championships, winning only one is like, he just won one, you know? I mean, I, I, that's a little unfair. It's a lot unfair, I sure think. Sure You well, know, Dirk Nowitzki has been a great player. He's only won, what, the one championship, right? Yeah. So uh, as we when we compare him and have a discussion like this next to Curry and all the other, and Jordan and Bird and LeBron, you're like, he's low on the list. That's That's really not fair, I think. No, I agree with that. I agree with that statement. It absolutely is not fair. But, it, it, well, I don't even look at that. See, I, I think Nowitzki's fantastic. Great player. Oh, my gosh. And, and to win a title in Dallas? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yes. I mean, come on. Like, 
that, that, yeah, that it's not diminished at all. It's like if the Clippers ever won, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if if Lillard won one in Portland, like amazing, right? So, I yeah, I, maybe Durant. You know, eh, never mind. I'm going to stop comparison things. No, I what? love it. I, he, in in my opinion, he has got to win one on his own. He's got to win one. To be considered what? One of the greats of all time? To get out of this conversation. To get out of the, he's always got to be the second fiddle guy. He's Boy. got to. He's got to. It, 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 I, I, you're right. It's, it just bothers LeBron me that it's incredibly it. unfair to, for us to sit here and say, he's got to get out yeah, of that conversation. LeBron did it. But that's the era we're in. I, no, I know. I mean, we're taking for granted the, the Warriors in general because I know. it's impossible to understand what they're doing. It's like, it's like talking about the Patriots and these ridiculous AFC East titles. It's just nuts. Yeah. Like you, the domination is, is incredible. Ridiculous. It's nuts. But, Which is a nice way to roll into if we're ready to talk about what we think is going to happen in this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the odds here. Like, let's let's talk about the betting odds, right? Well, I, I waited because I wanted to know if they were going to announce Durant. They did announce Durant. He's out game one, probably for a while. Is something torn, by the way? Got to be. Got to right? be. I mean, if he's out this long, it has to be. It's a strained calf. That's a sick yeah. cow, man. Yeah, strained you know? and torn, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just a, you know, it's been a long time for something like that. And, you know, for his game. You know, he needs that explosiveness. I'm going to so. guess all three of us here sitting here take the Warriors. Yes. In the series, right? Yes. Anyone yes. anyone sweep? No, I think the no, Raptors Kawhi's, are the Kawhi is, is a, a, a great enough player to single-handedly prevent that from happening. The, the, the money on the sweep is is actually a little better than, you know, not sweep. The odds are the odds are for a five, six-game series. So if you want to if you want to win some money on the Warriors, right. bet the sweep. Um my point to bringing this up today is I, I think game one is the one to talk about, right? Because Golden State doesn't go on the road game one. That doesn't that doesn't happen to this team. They're going right. to Toronto without Durant. There's been a layoff, a big layoff, which you know always has some some first period rust. Maybe not with this team. We'll, we'll see. There's tons of momentum. I mean, that Toronto finish was just massive, and it was on Kawhi's shoulders and. I don't know. I don't know how else you want to draw it up from a Toronto standpoint to put them in a position to, to steal one here, right? Yeah, and, and the bigger question is: Are it's not a far drive for us? We should go up and hang. <laughs> I like we, it. We should go out and hang up in Jurassic Park. Yes, I we like should. It. <laughs> I like it uh, with it. Yeah, no, it, it is going to be interesting. Game one. I, you know, I think if there is an opportunity for the Raptors to win a game, it is game. one. I think so. You know, because they have home court. I mean, that city is going to be rocking. And, you know, I, I'm rooting for the Raptors. Because I think it'd be fascinating to have the Raptors win a title before the Maple Leafs. Oh, <laughs> well, we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago about how Toronto is slowly shifting its they have to. sort of um, <laughs> what kind of a town it is. It's, we all want to, the easy assumption of a hockey town, and it is. But we talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago about how it's starting to shift as its population is shifting yeah. to more of a basketball town. If that happens, Kevin. Then it's a worthy of another discussion. Listen, it will always be. Of course, it will be a basketball, a hockey town. Always, always number one. It'll always be. It'll never. They'd have to go on five in a row, and they'd still be second. <laughs> they just would be. I, I, I think it's more of a discussion and a debate than it than it's certainly ever been in history. Um, I disagree. I, I think it'll always be hockey ball. We live in Buffalo. Is this a football town or a hockey town? It's a football town. Okay, and it's always been. It's been a Bills town. Yep. And believe me, you know, there there were time when I first started covering sports in Buffalo. It was, hey, uh, Saber season starts when the Bills are done. Yeah, January. That's yeah, right. all February sports, sometimes. All sports station. We'd have the production meetings for the afternoon show. 
All right, Bill's lost in the playoffs. Okay, let's get uh, the hockey guy and find out what the hell's going on with the team. <laughs> Swear to God, that was exactly – nobody paid attention. Nobody cared. Yeah, but, right. but but as as your fan base changes, of which Toronto clearly is, then that's how something like that can start to become slowly, closer to slowly. a 1A than yeah. it ever has been before. Here's, oh. my, here's my official pick on this. Take, take the Raptors game one, take the money line on them, parlay that with the under. Because if they're going to win, they're not going to outscore them. Correct. They're winning because Kawhi's shutting down somebody, and you know they're all having mediocre shooting nights. What is the over under? Two fifteen. Boy, that's a that's bad. a good number, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is a great. But wow. but it's the only way to win money. You get three. Yeah. You, you one hundred eight, one hundred seven. You get right? three to one odds if you if you parlay <laughs> no. Toronto with the under. I think he's right. I think the games in the nineties, the Raptors can win. Yeah. If it, if yeah. It, if we get into triple digits, look out. Yeah. Yeah. Dunsky. Uh, they they know how to win close games. They've won close games in the playoffs here. All right, hey, we're going to shift to football here. I want to tell you about Dynasty Owner. It's the first Dynasty Salary Cap fantasy sports game. We've been telling you about it where week to week you use actual contracts and salaries. You have the roster power, both coach and GM. You play for Dynasty Dollars. It's the virtual currency used to play the game. You can rack those dollars up each week. Whether you win or lose your matchup, and you can use them to build that Dynasty long-term year to year. And the bench and dynasty owner, your bench earns a percentage of the performances that week because a true dynasty is built with a deep bench like the Raptors. Dynasty owner even allows you to exceed the salary cap. You can go all in. There will be luxury tax fines, so just like the real sports world. It's the first game to combine week to week fantasy sports gaming with long term ownership and GM strategy. Stop playing fantasy sports. Own it. Go to dynastyowner.com. Sign up for the 2019 beta draft we've got suspensions in the nfl and and like interesting suspensions of of unlike any other suspensions that have probably ever happened before the ben watson one yep um with the patriots uh, fascinating he went to facebook to explain himself it was very interesting to read you you almost never get that kind of insight into why these things happen so folks ben watson's 38 years old he he planned to retire but never officially filed paperwork and as he said i'm gonna paraphrase here um, he goes to the doctor every year, and they're like, ah, oh, we're in tear. We're going to give you some testosterone to help these things. And that's a banned substance if you couldn't figure that out in the NFL. And then he gets inquiries and takes a test, right, um, because he hadn't officially retired. They random tests. So, right. yeah, whatever. I'm going to take the test. And, oh, oh at least he – this is where I give him credit. At least he didn't say, oh, I went to GNC and yeah. got something <laughs> over the counter exactly. and didn't know what was in it. <laughs> Right, he admitted to taking it, so he's going to be suspended for four games to start the year. Now he says teams all knew this right. when they started negotiating. Let's start there. That th- this is you're not buying it. That's no, that's part of my point in bringing this up because this is all as transparent as it's ever been. Right? Yeah, I mean, we exactly. Just, we just laid it out. This yeah. is all out in the open. It's not some you know beat reporter uncovering this. He yes, and you can't blame him. He thought he was done. He wanted right. to, he wanted to bring his body back to life, and, and here we are. I'm, I want to talk about the Patriots, who are the ones that signed sat him. Sat yes. with him. No, there was a couple of teams. Yeah. I, I forget the other team. He sat with a couple of teams and blatantly told them, "I'm going to be suspended." The Browns. I, I, I think failed were, the drug. The test. Browns were one of yeah. them too. I think going right. back to the Browns. So they did this. They did this deal, knowing full off that they were going to lose him for four games, and I, that just doesn't feel right with me. <laughs> does it? Does it, it not it, feel right with you guys? It feels exactly right when it comes to the Patriots because the Patriots do this all the but, time. Put, put that, the put Patriots that know the okay. Put it aside. You're telling me the Let's Patriots putting the first half of the season aside per, when it comes to particular players is doesn't is it apply just because here? it's the Patriots? Would no other team do this? 
I think a lot of other teams would not do it, knowing he wasn't going to be there for four okay. games. You have a you have a bigger issue with the, with this than um, who's a running back from the Chiefs who was Kareem Kareem Hunt Kareem Hunt and the Browns picking him up. Uh, no, a, no. You, all right, I that's would, a bigger I would issue. Rather to me. the domestic violence be more of a damning a damning result. Okay. I mean, they picked him up knowing that, all right, if he's found guilty of this stuff, mm-hmm. and like he'll be suspended. They knew he was going to be suspended, for sure. Right. Uh, similar, but to me, different scenarios. Different scenarios, but similar under the suspension. Similar. Sim- you're right. They, okay. they knew and they still signed him. But Re- is Re- your, Reuben Foster, they knew and they right. still signed him. Yeah. But is your issue more of, hey, this is a guy who has taken a performance-enhancing drug. You know it. You're going to sign him anyways. Is that, that your point of contention? I I want to I want to put this into the pot of is the league doing enough with these suspensions to actually make this matter deterrence because if the Patriots don't care that this guy's going to miss a third of the season and they're still signing I don't him, think they do they don't care they don't I mean the, the most the, the recent example is kind of the way they babied Gronk through the season until he was healthy enough to be the guy they needed him to be when it mattered the most which is the last six games of the year in the playoffs all right before we go into maybe how this can change. Not only did they sign him, but they structured his contract knowing that this was all going to happen, knowing pretty much exactly what the finances were going to be and how much he was going to get suspended and all that stuff. They probably did their homework. And I mean, they've had guys like this before in the past, as you mentioned, They, they they made incentives that work out almost to the dollar of the money he's going to lose for those first four games. <laughs> and they made him extremely likely to be earned. I mean, of it's, course. Like, it's like show up for a third of the year, 35% of the snaps, and you'll make back all that $558,000 you lost. So it's all as transparent <laughs> as ever. That's and, the, that's the, can you tie your shoes and send That's it. That's it. <laughs> just come, just come sit on the bench. We'll get you this money back. No problem. Yeah. But that's what it feels like. It feels like they're making a joke so, out of so this. So you're mad there's not enough of a deterrent for skirting the law, skirting the rules. Look, they did the same thing with, uh, with Tom Brady before Deflategate. Right. When they knew that was coming and they knew there was going to be some sort of penalty for it. They took that base salary and restructured it into a signing bonus and let him take that. And because it's not a drug suspension, he doesn't have to pay that pay that signing bonus back at all. He only has to pay out of the seven one seventeenth of that base salary, which was a million dollars at the end of the day. They restructured it down to a million dollars, and that was his suspension. Was four what was it, four games? Four games. Four, four games. Four seventeenths of a million dollars. So again, they're laughing at the league. Like, yeah, you can do this, but we're going to make it as you know as minimal as possible. Well, you could you could say they're laughing at the league, or the other side, you could say they're incredibly smart about the way they're doing this. Well, and if you're Watson, you're you're thinking about retiring. What's the incentive to come? Well, geez, if you're going to send me for that's the incentive, right? No, no, but I'm saying, but if you can only pay me a million, I'm going to lose four seventeenths. How do I get that back? So I make the million to put my body through this one more. Also, one more not time. starting until November probably sounds pretty good to him. Sounds <laughs> great to him. Right. Right. And yes. playing for the Patriots sounds great to him, too. Right. I mean, back to what we talked about. With, is it related to the NBA? It's the Patriots have the ability to do things in the NFL and sign players in the NFL or trade them that no other teams in the league do because they're the Patriots and because of the way they're and- structured. Here's the exact opposite example of when we talked about Richardson. Seymour, the he Ben Watson wants to play for the team that likely is going to get him to a Super Bowl, and they offered him a free apartment. No, they did not. I'm just you know <laughs> that's a Kawhi Leonard thing there. Yeah, no, I I know what you're I I know what you're saying. I know what you're getting at here. Yeah. Like, they how can the league let this happen where a guy's going to be suspended and not pay a price for it whatsoever? 
But the but the the argument is well the team that signs him is going to pay the price. They're not going to have him for four games. But we're talking about quarter of the season. We're talking about the the, the golden marker of a franchise it, here. The Patriots. They don't not, care if it's not the quarterback. Does it even matter? And we I know it didn't matter when they lost the quarterback either. Right. But right. The, if it's not the quarterback, does it even matter that guy's taking four games off? Don't not most, to them. Don't, it most doesn't take four games off for injuries anyway. Not for tight end. No. No. You're right. And no. not to them. It's it it other teams enough. and other players. It does. I think the easiest change, and I'll, we'll move through this. I think the easiest change is the is the move that baseball made. Baseball did something proactively right for once here. Yes, right. The, their drug suspensions are severe. It not only is it money; it's eighty games. I mean, it's a yeah. It's generally a third, a half, or a whole season, depending on how many times or how severe. But when they took the ability to not be playing the postseason, ah, oh, when that when that got changed, that changed everything. To me, that changed everything. You're not seeing the major players now who want to be in the postseason because that's the part of their career that matters the most. Those those guys aren't doing it, Sands, Robinson, Cano, last year. Um, that's got to change because if that was the case, the Patriots are never signing Ben Watson. Never. Let me. No, you're right. Never. Let you're me, right. Let me ask you guys this. I mean, so Ben Watson mm-hmm. tested positive, mm-hmm. got caught. Notice my two words there, got caught. Yeah. You, I mean, are we naive to think no. that – Many players aren't doing something, and no. they they aren't you know the, the percent. I don't know how many players are tested. I don't know. Wh- I just heard I just, it as, uh, as we're driving over here. I heard an interview on ESPN Radio with Chris Long, who has made some comments in the last couple yeah. weeks about the marijuana. Yep. And for those people that didn't know it, you should know it. But if you didn't, you get tested once for marijuana, and they tell you when the test is going to be. So if you don't smoke marijuana the three weeks or however long you need to before the test and you pass the test, guess what? You can smoke it the rest of the year. We've had agents on this show. Shane Costler. It's ridiculous. That's like his one job during the season. Yes. It's like, okay, this is going to be your date. Take a month off. Yes. Get ready, and then you're good to go. (laughs) Right? Like... Right. You only get randomly tested if you fail the first one. That's for, I, I don't know if people don't always understand but that. But that's for marijuana. That's Correct. not for performance enhancing drugs. Right. That's well, right. it's random that's a random I don't it, it's a random test. I'm not sure how the parameters of that work exactly. Right. N- neither do I, but I'm just saying like they can cycle on cycle off things. I mean, those right. uh, it, it, it's been known that's how you know, listen. I don't. The physical demands of playing that Nuts. game are incredible, Nuts. right? So part of me thinks they should just allow it. Yeah, well, <laughs> right? like, well, the other thing, like, if if marijuana helps guys ease their pain instead of uh, taking Vicodin and painkillers that they get addicted to, that's a whole uh, other. That was right, the, that a, was the a, point Chris Long made. Yes. I can drink a six pack or I can smoke yes. a marijuana cigarette. Right. What's the difference? Well, I can tell you the difference is uh, you're sitting around with your buddies drinking beer, telling stories. That's probably more fun. <laughs> Um, I I don't know the other part. What do you think, though? What do you think? Is it too strict to take postseason away for a a drug suspension? It's a great deterrent whether everybody would – is it too strict is defined by who you're asking. I think for first-time – I think if you're a repeat offender, yes, postseason gone. I think if you you get caught once, four games, maybe you do six. I don't know. But – you know, the fine, losing the income, losing four games, which the, the theory is, well, a quarter of your season yeah. will affect your ability to make the postseason if you're that important enough of a player. But I think if you're a repeat offender, then boom, you, you miss a playoff game. 
Yeah, and again, and again, it comes down to money. Four games is four salary checks. Postseason, you don't get paid right. in the postseason. So now, is it a money thing? Is it a pride thing? Is it a playoffs? Is it a legacy? What what's what determines that? Um, Mike, you said there's been nine suspensions already this year after only 16 last year. That's interesting to me. Yeah, we're uh, we're on the rise here. 2017 was big. It was in the 20s. It was mid 20s. So we actually came down a little bit in 2018, 16. I mean, that's still a lot of still a lot of suspensions. But we're yeah, we're it's not even June and we've had nine posted substance abuse slash PED suspensions, notably Patrick Peterson, which man, that came out of nowhere. It really yeah. came out. But of nowhere. you can't have those guys getting suspended. Your star nobody. players you can't no. have that, and that's what I mean. Something's got to give, whether it's more team accountability, whether it's longer suspensions, or, or where we implement this postseason policy. I, I just think with this next CBA. The players certainly won't be won't be for it, but the, if the teams should bring this up because the teams should they should it shouldn't be too so easy for the Patriots to walk in a room with Ben Watson, who sit who sit there saying I'm going to get suspended for four games. Are you still going to sign me? Oh yeah, yeah, we'll just move some money around. No big deal. I mean that's what this was. This <laughs> took five minutes. Do you remember the scene on? Did you did you watch Ballers? At yeah, all? yeah. All right, when uh, the receiver. Um, his buddy's going to sign him, who's a former offensive lineman from the Dolph. I forget the names of the characters, but whatever. And he signs him. He goes, anything I need to know? Mm-hmm. Anything? You got to tell me anything? No, nope, no. Nope. And he was taking steroids, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And didn't tell him. Yeah, just be honest, Ricky right? yes. <laughs> Jarrett, Ricky Jarrett, right? The wide receiver? Yeah, there, yeah. Wow, Paul, yeah. very good there. Thank All you. right, let's move on to Major League Baseball here. Um, and the draft, or should we call it draft dodging? Yeah, this is this is quite a story. So but quickly, we'll we'll go through the draft situation. It starts next Monday. It's it good. lasts like three weeks. No, it's three days. It's three days. <laughs> it feels it does like feel forever. It, it feels like forever because these guys don't make it for years. I mean, it's just an arduous process to get to the major leagues in baseball still, which maybe that's changing. There's a kid 12U in my son's league that's uh, up for the – no, I'm kidding. <laughs> there should be a couple local kids, though, by the way. Keep <laughs> an eye on that. Okay. Keep an eye on that. A couple local kids. Um yeah, there's plenty of room. I mean, there's tons of rounds. But I, as I've done with these other sports, I, I did a quick uh, a quick chart here of how it breaks down in terms of guys in the league right now and wh- where they where they were drafted, if they were drafted, all that stuff. And as you can imagine, the uh, the most players in the league are international players. They are not first rounders. They're not undrafted players. They're international. Signings. So explain so, explain that how yeah. international players don't go into the draft system. That's why we call it draft dodging. Right? Yeah. They're you know they're playing in Cuba. They're playing in Dominican. They're they're brought up through the system. I mean they're scouted. You're you're joking, right. but they're scouted at age twelve. Yes. But if they can field the ground ball and make a throw to first, they're being scouted. They go to a the camp then. Yes. They go to Those academies. Academies. Yes. Baseball yes. academies. They go to these formal academies, which in many senses is much better training than any kids in America get. Sure. <laughs> you know, most most Americans get. Um, so yeah, we've long come from that generation is coming to it's here and it's down. It's now dominating. I mean, there's 225 international signed players in the league right now. That's 40 more than first round picks. There's 190 first round picks in the league right now. So by the way, why, why hasn't, or has there ever been any discussion about opening the draft up to the international players, much like Every other basketball. sport does yeah. hockey and and basketball. Oh, it's just that it's money, Paul. It is money. The player, pl- the teams can are fund investing the- in the players early in their yeah. lives and don't want to lose the investment. The, the teams fund the academies, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, there's some great documentaries on that um, with ex players and all that opening up and and coaching and running. Run. It's it's really well done. There's no question. There's no there's no wonder why these guys are great players the second they get here. And that's why they're, they're dominating. I mean, there's so is it working that we don't need to mess with it. I, 
Or is that up for perception it's, and determination? Do you love baseball or do you love America's pastime? <laughs> I think okay. it's the question, right? Because it's 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 quickly becoming an international sport. Yeah, no question. And if you're a traditionalist that wants this to be America's game, I think those days are clearly done. I mean, your stars are not Americans. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what's fascinating uh, about the Bryant Gumble just had a commentary at the end of Real Sports. Uh, I watched. Week. Did it. you watch it? I did. He, what did you think he about got his saucy? <laughs> yes. I mean, what did you think about his commentary about how what, how the game is now and the decline in attendance? viewership um, yeah. in baseball because of this. And, and, you know, he's blaming the new brand of baseball and what it is. Yes. Which I, yes. I, I think I think there's a, a fair argument for that for Brian Gumble. It is a fair argument. Um, we've talked about it a lot on here, especially with the, with the guys like Trout. It's just a poorly marketed league. It just truly is. And it's not just that there's launch angles and shifts and things like that now that – make it even nerdier than it ever was, which is why I love it even more than ever. <laughs> I mean, sure. Couldn't be a more strategic game now, but yeah, it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. Look at you, you and I both coach, you know, little league teams and things like that. Kids still love it. I mean, love, I mean you're yeah. flooding kids to, to the field every, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They love to play it as kids. But I bet you they don't love to watch it on TV like you and I. You're <laughs> correct. I you're... bet I bet you can't get them to sit down for more than two innings. No. So that's that's the disconnect. That's the gap. The gap is even if you bring them to the ballpark and buy them a dog and, and a Pepsi and sit down next to them, it's it's tough to hold their attention to these games. And you would think home runs would change that, but too much of a good thing isn't a good thing anymore. And that's what Gumbo was saying is essentially if you if you marginalize the game to where it's one it's one thing like it's a one trick pony, which is what it is. Somebody's striking out, or they're you know going four fifty into the upper deck then that's what people expect. And, when, and anything else is boring. I, I watched four Mets games. This, you know, It's the, a lot of walks. Weekend. It's a lot yeah. of foul balls. The it's most a lot exciting of, thing I saw this weekend, guys, was Todd Frazier hit a butcher boy to beat the shift. You know what a butcher boy is? You go <laughs> I've to, never heard of that You before. go to a bunt, you pull it back, back. and you hit. Yeah. It, it, blew, it blew the announcers' minds. They almost <laughs> ran off the field. I mean, it was unbelievable. But that's, those, things, those days are done. Small ball's done. So... Uh, it's all it's all how you perceive the game how you grew up with the game if you, you know i i have no problem with the international side of it at all in my opinion right. i mean if these guys are true baseball i mean they are these academies are doing a phenomenal job to make them five tool players which is the kind of player that i crave so i am with Brian Gumble maybe not to that degree i mean you have to evolve you have right. to yeah. you have to evolve right i mean the game's got to change they just got to market this thing better you know make you yet, yet all the about, revenues are are up, right? All I mean, the revenues are up as much as they can, which be. which is is why it's sometimes hard to change the way it's being done. Well, here here's here's my quick opinion on this: why baseball yeah. is not as popular with kids um, as it was when we were from kids. from a viewership standpoint. Yeah, from well, not only from but overall from a marketing standpoint. When we were kids, and I, I'm a little older than you are, Mike. Uh, Paul's a little older than I am, but mm-hmm. we're all generally the same. Uh, within ten years uh, mm-hmm. category, and when I when I was a kid, growing up in Central New York, you got one game a week, right? So like I couldn't wait for that game to come on. Game of the week, Saturday afternoon, Monday there night. Were, yep, there were night. two, maybe three brands of baseball cards, but you couldn't buy the pack it's unless awesome. you went right. You had to collect them all, and you traded them with your buddies. Um, there weren't all these uh, action packs or what you know, whatever uh, jerseys in there. None of that stuff. Um, it, 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 baseball was just this romantic thing of the highlights. You knew who the stars were. They had candy bars, all that stuff. 
there wasn't as heavy competition from the NBA. There wasn't as heavy competition. The NFL wasn't the behemoth that it the NFL, is now. Yeah, the NFL, the, the class of 83 quarterbacks hadn't really come into their prime yet uh, with baseball. And our dads... That was their sport. Sure. Baseball. Because so, the 50s, 40s and 50s right. and 60s, it was baseball. You know where it hits me, Kevin? The All-Star Game. When we were kids, yes. the All-Star Game was an event. I would, you would, I would never miss it. It was an event. You had to get the chance to see, really, for one of the few times all year, the players that you'd been hearing about, the guys on the Dodgers or the Padres or, or, or out west or the yeah. Cardinals. You didn't see them every time, and it was a big deal. The stars, one after another. Other. And now the All Star Game. I don't. I I have very little interest in watching it. I don't think I'm in the minority. It's become sort of this. Who cares? Correct. I see these guys all the time. Why do I need Th- to see them together in one big game? That's my, that's part of my point because of the advances of cable television, on demand stuff. Like if I want to watch the Rockies play the Mariners, in I can game, do it. I yep. can do it. Yep. Right. If I if I want to watch the Astros play the Rangers, I can do it. And I live in New York. Uh, where it used to be, all I got were Yankees and Mets games. Um, if if my local station picked up a Yankees game, or the game of the week when uh, Tony Kubek and Joe Gargiola were doing that, yep, and this, yep. and I learned about the other players by watching this week in baseball with That's Mel right. Allen. That's correct. Uh, it was just phenomenal, right? I mean, great stuff. And you're right, the All-Star Game is the only time I got to see Steve Garvey play, unless he was in the World Series uh, with the Dodgers or the Padres at right. one time. They hey, were, uh, right? you know, uh, sadly enough, he just passed away, but a lot of us that, that are old enough have great memories of Bill Buckner beyond what happened in the 86 World Series. He was a great player. He was one of those guys yeah. with the Cubs and the Dodgers before that, where you didn't see him very often, and you only saw him on those occasions in an All-Star Game or in the postseason when the Dodgers were in there a lot, and and you know for me like mike as a kid who grew up as a mets fan bill buckner has a prominent place in yeah, in I'm one of our you. greatest yeah. moments as a mets fan but i remember him so much more than that behind the bag it <laughs> right. gets through buckner and the mets win it i have a signed photograph of that play with Mookie Wilson, who signed it, and Bill Buckner. Who signed oh, nice. It. That's, yeah. There you go. Incredible. So there you go. That's yep. a play for me. But, yeah, I mean, kids today, boy, they just, uh, you know, there's so many other things that have their attention, too, uh, that, that baseball doesn't. Right? We're a football generation now. There was a baseball generation with our parents and half of for our lives into the 70s and into the 80s. It's now a football generation. Now football has taken that spot of the play of the number one sport where where a father takes his son and and watches with his kids. That that's the difference. But I, I think. still think there's a romanticism about going to a game. Going to the ballpark, the feel of it, okay. sitting in the seats, getting the hot the guy coming up saying hot dogs, peanuts, beer, right? Be I mean, here. you you just use the the perfect word, the romanticizing of it. Yeah. Is that the problem? Yeah, I think are those, it is. Are those days done in sports? Yes. Don't sure. we don't we need somebody hurt? Yes. Suspended. When I'm going to root for a guy that my team just signed, even though aren't I know he's suspended for the first four nice? games, aren't these guys just too damn nice? Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout. I mean, Harper's got a little bit of an edge, and we we we, we yeah. classify him to be a monster compared to these guys. Well, I, Batista with the Machado, bat Machado is a runner first base, and we can't pay that guy anymore. What are you right. talking about? Well, like, I, I, I think of. 
I, I let's let's meld the baseball to the football story we were talking about. I think yeah. of Braun from the Brewers, right? MVP, and he gets uh, yeah, net, right. right? This All American boy here, and yeah. all of a sudden, boom! What does he do? He's he suspended for drugs. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and if you're a Patriots drugs. fan, you're excited about Ben Watson, about what he might be able yeah. to do at a position that you have your doubts about, well, and the, you're more than okay in letting him it, sit out the first. It's four. not even your opinion of what happens; it's that there are constant, unique news. Yeah. In the NFL. It's not just X's and O's. And that's what baseball is. All the news we talk about in baseball is the shift and lack of bunting and the launch angles of home runs and how many strikeouts and how the ball might be juiced. And it's – football's got all these different angles of, of talk line. You know what I mean? All, wanna, all the you, time. You want to know, you wanna know why? You, you know what the first thing that pops into my head? You, baseball, you see them every day. They play every day. It's saturation. Football, it's, it's saturation. that week between football games that everybody from the media to the fans needs to build themselves up for. And in the world that we live in now, it used to just be X's and O's. Yeah. How do you stop that guy? How do you defend this guy? Now in the world that we live in, it's become everything of a week's. Sometimes to me, this makes me uncomfortable as more of a traditional sports fan. The buildup to the game is bigger than the game itself sometimes. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, I also, I also think baseball, if we're talking about kids the next generation here, um, this is we've gone down this wormhole, mm-hmm. um, they got to have to speed up play. Yeah, it's coming. I mean, it has to happen. Yeah. They've got to get quicker. It's the not a fast-paced enough step. If, listen, you, step, you get one call time before you get in the box, you do it again, that's a strike. Yeah. I don't care if it's a strike, you get the hell out of it. Like, I mean, think about it. When I watch our kids play Little League games. It's bang, 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 bang. Right? I mean, the majors. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I mean, what? What? Get in the <laughs> get in the freaking box and, and and pitch the ball and hit the ball. Like, come on, this is crazy. You throw it ninety eight miles per hour. Just zip it by the guy. If he hits it, then he hits the damn ball. I all this shaking off mound visits, shifting, and, and believe me, the another part of it, the announcers. Right, I mean, they do a great job, but there's only so much they can. That's it's right. only so much chicken salad you can make out of, you know, you know what. <laughs> All right, last we, thing. Let's get to this Carter Stewart story. Did you guys hear about this? You guys know this Carter Stewart situation? No, no. All right, he was a 2018 number eight overall draft pick for the Braves last year, right? And this sort of wraps a bow around this conversation we had with the international side of the game and all of this. Number number eight overall selection last year. He was supposed to make about a five million dollars slotted bonus. He's got an ankle issue. There's some long-term projection issues on him. He gets offered $2 million. Doesn't take it, right? Says, no, I'm going back to junior college. I'll start this over again, try to get drafted somewhere else. He goes to junior, junior college, has an eh year. Yeah. Comes back, he's a second-round prospect. So his bonus from his $5 million last year is down to like $1.8 million this year in projected bonus. So he bails. He says, I'm not even going to the draft. He signs a six-year, $7 million contract with a team in Japan. Right, fully guaranteed. Starts in a couple of weeks. He's going to be playing a full six seasons, and if he does, per the terms of the MLB CBA, he will be granted veteran status. So he gets seven million dollars to play for the next six years, and then he will become eligible to be a free agent in Major League Baseball and make as much money as he wants. And he's going to go first top prospect to go this route, right? Earn that kind of money, and then essentially cash in at age 25. And he doesn't have to, to play A ball. No A ball. A no $25,000 minor league salary. I mean, I just did a quick breakout. Like if he plays two years in minors, comes up for four years, you know, of pre-arbitration and then one year of arbitration, he's making like 
maybe four four point two five million. I mean, he's making way more to go to Japan, way more out of the gate, and then he can sign for two hundred million dollars if he's a player. Incredibly, he incredibly smart business decision. It's scary though for personal baseball. life decision. That's that's not everybody's going to be willing to do that. This is the this is he the likes inter- sushi though. So. Apparently. <laughs> Putting words in his mouth already. <laughs> Didn't even know the guy was four seconds ago. Um, <laughs> hey, don't let the facts this, get in the way of a good story, Mike. This is the international part of baseball that's scary, though, right? Because this is we had discussion with w, WNBA last week. Yeah, remember, yeah. where they're making way more money to go play overseas and international. Yeah, and most more women are just choosing to do that and not even play here. Speaking of which, you already brought it up. Uh, Real Sports had a really interesting story about Elena Deladon and yeah. and the the battle that she internally deals with about whether to play international because she's a caregiver for her yeah. for her older sister. And, and and it was funny. It, yeah. I'm watching it and I'm like, this is exactly what we talked about. She she her spouse wants her to go over there, earn the millions, set them up for life. She wants to stay here and. Be be part with her family. It was an so incredible. Story. Those are the it was. Yeah. So those are the two spectrums, right? It's yeah. it's this Carter Stewart has chosen. I'm leaving my family and my friends, maybe a girlfriend. I'm gone, right? I'm going for six years because I can go. Not only can I make money, I can play competitive baseball. I mean, those leagues are way better than they've ever been. I I, I make money for six years, which I can't do here. I come back and I make big big money. It's interesting, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it. it's a different kind of a game, but we're but it's an international world now. And going to live in Tokyo or wherever he may be living isn't quite what it was. I, I'll give you my I'll give you my all time favorite I don't Japanese. You still got you're still. I mean, a completely. Di- it's Polo. not, yeah, a, a completely different culture where you're going to stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So anyhow, here's my on. here's my quick little Japanese baseball story from a guy that I'd gotten to know who played there in the '80s. Not a great player, but but a big home run hitter. And he goes over there and and they give him his uniform and it's number fifty. And he's like, I didn't ask for this. What, what, why am I wearing number fifty? And they're like, That's how many home runs we expected. <laughs> no pressure. Great. And, that, that, and, and now that was a that was generations. Ago. Go, but at great stories about what it was for some of those early guys that went over to play in the Japanese baseball leagues. Um, I think it's a lot different now. You know Tom Selleck. All right. Anyway, I'll it's, say this. I'll say this because this was this had been coming. Right there have been wor- there have been rumors about this, and and when he decided to to not sign last year, he, it was a big story because you know top ten picks generally get it done. Generally, teams don't lowball the bonuses for those top prospects. And so this was a big story that he decided not to take the $2 million and left. So people have been following him ever since, and there have been rumors that this could happen. And I, I have to wonder, we saw those rash of extensions for all those 20, 22-year-old kids. You know, not massive money, but you were paying these guys six years, $50 million to play, players who weren't even putting on the uniforms yet. And that had never happened before. I wonder if there was a cause and effect to this because – that is how you change it, right? That is how sure. you stop these prospects from going international and then coming back for the payday is you pay these guys early, not not tons of money, but you give them a couple, you know, 10, 12 million dollars to be here for their pre-arbitration process. So it could be a very 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 precedent-setting situation for Carter Stewart if he has changed the way that teams have there to pay you go not only do we know who carter stewart is now we uh we we he Might may set a, a legacy and a yeah. pioneer so you get paid in u.s currency That's or the question. yen we gotta get robert for the tax implications right because yeah. uh <laughs> the u.s the tax dollar? rate in uh in in tokyo yeah the uh one yen equals 91 cents u.s oh all right so he might be doing real well yeah that's what i'm just saying it's, it's almost 10 percent, right so Jeez. yeah that that would be interesting all right 
something to keep an eye out for uh, to keep the prospects here. I uh, want to mention a couple things. Make sure you check out the premium section at SpotTrack.com. Become a member, add free experience, some other goodies uh, that go along with that. And also remember Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, our presenting sponsor here in the SpotTrack podcast. Learn more, especially entertainers and athletes, about protecting and making great decisions about your finances and wealth. Go to morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. Till next time, I'm Kevin Sylvester along with Mike Gennetti and Paul Peck here on Spot Track Podcast.